This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Genesis chapter 17, and we're talking about rain, and we're talking about about circumcision this morning. What an exciting topic, but it is a picture, and even though may not want to really totally delve too deep into this, it is a picture of being set apart. And uh, that's ultimately when you you think of the word circumcision, what you all think about. It's the idea of being set apart. And and God said to Abraham, verse 9, as for you, you shall keep my covenant. Notice, in order to have a, a covenant, which is an eternal or spiritual contract, in order to keep, have a covenant, you've got each party has a duty in that contract, in that covenant. They they have a duty to keep. And God says, look, this is your duty. You're, you are, you're going to keep my covenant. And he says, not only you, but your descendants are going to keep my covenant. When he's talking to him, he's saying, "Look, we're, this is not a this is not just a deal between me and you. You're going to leave a legacy, and the legacy is that the covenant or the the eternal spiritual contract that I'm making with you, I'm making with everybody in your family. I'm making with all your descendants. And notice he's saying, I'm making it with all your descendants. He says, after you you throughout their generations. Notice it doesn't end ever. He says." throughout their generations. And I want to say this to you because a lot of times we don't realize this. Our faithfulness, our faithfulness, meaning our our obedience that's born of faith, has impact beyond us. It has great impact beyond us. It is it is it is important that you see that you leave a legacy of faith. And do your children always walk in that legacy? No. Did you always walk in your legacy and your faith? The answer is no. That's not the issue. The issue is whether or not you leave that legacy of faith, because that legacy of faith reaches out and it touches and it exists, even though it might not be being seen in the moment that we're walking in. It exists. It's real. It's alive. And uh, and Abraham's covenant with God, does it affect us? Yes, it does. It doesn't, it's not only a legacy that affects his descendants, which are the Jews, it affects us. It affects, it affects the people throughout the world because he was willing to be obedient by faith. And I always add by faith. He was not obedience for obedient. He was not obedient for obedience sake. That is empty. He's obedient because he trusted God. That's full. Obedience for obedience sake is empty. It always leads to emptiness. It always leads to a feeling of not achieving what you want to achieve. It can at times lead to pious arrogance. But the truth is, obedience that's bound by faith, obedience that comes from trusting God, obedience that comes from us hearing God, seeing God, walking with God, knowing God, that kind of obedience, that that kind of obedience has a fullness to it. It has a completeness to it. It has a a life-giving source to it. He says, 
This is my covenant. You and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. And now we get into this. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. And that is cutting the foreskin off of privates of the individual. It's I'm on Facebook Live, so I don't want to go too deep into this. But the truth is that is a symbolic of being set apart. There's a shedding of blood. Notice again, there is that shedding of blood. There's that, there's that loss of blood. There's the cutting away of flesh, which is the picture of removing the flesh from the, the scene. It's the idea of living by the spirit and do not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. It's that picture of removing our fleshly desires and setting ourselves apart for God's work, our God's work of faith, God's work of obedience by faith. And you see the shedding of blood, which is the remission of sin. You see the removal of the flesh. So you see how this covenant that he's making with Abraham for his descendants as they go on in the, into the future, how that's a picture of that's how that's a picture of removing, removing that which impedes us from walking with God. And you have the atonement or the sacrifice of blood in sin. And he says, you can, he says, every male child among you shall be circumcised and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And that's important because, uh, Obviously, if you dealt with young boys, they see that as an important thing. And it's always, it's used regularly for restroom and everything else. It's private, but yet it's very important. And it's right there in front of them. It's right there to be seen. It's a picture of God being, God's plan being right there in front of you, right there before you. We live in such a sexualized world that it's very difficult to talk about this and remove all that because just the world we live in. But this is a very intimate, it's a very important picture. It's a covenant picture. It is, it is a healthy thing. It's, and I can talk about it in so many ways. It's, it's healthy for the male. Uh, it's healthy for the female in a marriage for that to be there because bacteria is for the chance of there being bacteria and things like that, issues that are caused by that. It's very healthy. It is intimate. It is personal. It's very personal. It is uh it is a picture of being different and set apart. And, and I keep going through these words, but I don't want to get too much into the detail of it. I want you to see how ultimately important a picture this is for us as far as believers. Our relation, our covenant relationship with God is intimate. It's, it's born of atonement. It's removal of the flesh. It's always there before us. It's... Uh, it brings health and hope to your life. It is it is a new beginning. And when we see this in verse 12, he, he who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. If you'll remember, Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day and, uh, and a man who had lived a long life uh, was waiting to see Jesus come and the Messiah come. And when he saw him, God told him, this is the deliverer. And he said, I'm able to, to go on and pass on to my reward because I've seen God's promise come. And eight is the number of new beginnings anyway. Eight in scriptures, always, whenever I, you see the word, the number eight, you always should think new beginnings. Just like when you see the word circumcision, you ought to always think set apart for God's purposes. Notice this setting apart 
provides us with a new beginning, and it doesn't. It? This covenant that we have with God provides us with a new beginning and new life and new hope. And we find that new life and that new hope in Jesus. He says, he who is born in your house and brought with, he, he says, he who is born in your house or bought with money from a foreigner who is not your descendant. He says, I want the circumcision to take place in the whole household. And notice that's one of those promises that we rarely really talk about. But so many times in the New Testament, the whole household was saved when it's saved. And when God steps in, it, it generally permeates throughout the whole house. And that's what's going on here. He was born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant. He who was born in your house and who is bought with your money with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Notice his covenant is not just spiritual. His covenant reaches down to the physical and it permeates the physical. It permeate, permeates life. He said, he says in verse 14, and the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh uh, of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Notice there has to be something that's out there in the in front of folks. There has to be something out there that is visible that makes them different. He says, if you don't do it, they're cut off. They're not a part of the covenant. And, and the truth is, if we do that, we're not a part of the covenant. We've not been separated. We've not been set a, set apart. And uh, and we never were. But for God, when the Holy Spirit comes and gives you that new life, you are set apart. He said, then God said to Abraham, as far as Sarah, Sarah, notice, your wife, you shall call her name Sarah. Sarah shall be her name. And notice that, that word. I don't know if y'all know this or not. But the word Sarah means princess. Wow, that's a neat word, isn't it? He says, and I will bless her and also give her, give you a son by her. Now, this is Abraham's going, you, you see those films? Abraham's going along with God right here. And then God goes a little bit farther than Abraham thought he could go. He says, and I will bless her and I give her give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be the mother of nations. No, she's a princess. She's the mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from, then Abraham, notice this is really good. It says, then Abraham fell on his face, worship, but he laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90, 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael may live before you. What he's saying is, I don't see how this is going to happen. I don't see how this is going to work out. How is it that that we've worked out this plan and we're working this new plan that we've got? And Ishmael is now he's in his probably in his early teenage years or even mid teenage years. And he says, hey, listen, how is this going to work out? Why don't you just take Ishmael, Lord? And Abraham does that. He does that in the midst of all this covenant, all this faith, all this walking with God. It's the thing I love about uh, Old Testament and New Testament saints. They are intensely real, they're intensely faithful, and yet in the midst of it, they're intensely uh, faithless. They at times just struggle, they just struggle with their faith. They just struggle with their faith. And Abraham, he's all in, circumcised, set apart, all that stuff, and I'm excited about it. And my wife, Sarah, she's going to have a son, and she's 90 years old, and I'm 100. What you talking about, God? Really? That, that can't happen. And you know what? That, that's how we see it in the flesh, the way we are actually in the flesh. We, 
when we come upon something like this, when it's not when it's not an option in our eyes, that doesn't mean that it's not an option in God's eyes. Just because you can't see it because it's not been, it's, it, you, your mind can't conceive it, doesn't mean it's not possible. It doesn't mean that God can't do it. Now, he can't do anything outside his character, but <clears throat> just because you can't conceive of the possibility doesn't mean that God hasn't already determined the possibility beyond your conception. He always does. He determines the possibility beyond who you are. And the truth is, that's what's going on here. So many things in our lives, the truth is, when we get to the end of our lives, we praise God and talk about how wonderful they are. But the truth is, when they were going on, they were not conceivable by us. And uh, that's what God, That's what makes God miraculous. Now, miraculous means his mighty powers at work. But for us, miraculous means beyond our conception, something we couldn't imagine. And if you'll think about that from God's perspective and from your perspective, those are two separate things. They really are. From my perspective, when something miraculous happens, it's something that is unbelievable, something that I could not believe in because I could not conceive it. That's why I call it unbelievable. It, that's unbelievable. Why? Because I couldn't conceive it. How could I believe in that which I could not see or conceive? But with God, it's not unconceivable because he conceived it already, conceived it way before time began. So it's not unbelievable to him what it is. It is his mighty power manifest in a way that we couldn't conceive of. It's his mighty power at work in the earth. That's what the word, that's the word, that's that's what the word dunamai is, his power at work. It is not conceivable by us, but it is conceivable by him. And Abraham just couldn't conceive that. So what did he do? He chuckled. I found that when things seem impossible to me in my life, the older I get, the more I just chuckle and laugh at it because I know that God's got something going on, but I just can't see it. And whereas it used to be frustrating, it used to be causing, I used to be at times just saying, Whoa, I, don't, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm, just, I'm, I'm upset. Now it's, God, you got to do something here because if you don't do something, then, you know, there's just not a whole lot of hope. Still, both perspectives can't conceive of what God does. One of them is comes from a perspective where I've seen God do it before. The other one is a perspective where I'm anxious that God may not can do it. And that's what comes with the walk of faith. That's what comes with the walk of faith. And that's where Abraham finds himself. He finds himself saying, uh, Lord, I don't see how this is going to happen. It seems hilarious to me if that's even a possibility. Let me ask you something. Do you have things in your life that seem hilarious because they're not possible? Do you have things in your life that are intensely frustrating and anger you? I'll say this. In the midst of the biggest struggles of life, a sense of humor that comes from a realization that you really can't conceive of what's going to happen next is the best place to be. God does not demand of you that you see what's going to happen next in every situation. You cannot. You are not omnip you're not you're not able to see out into the future. You do not sometimes God gives you that sight out into the future, but right now in every situation you're not. And you need to trust him in the situation that you find yourself in. And you need to chuckle at the possibilities. Even though God doesn't necessarily view this as a good thing, I think it's actually a very intimate thing to see that he uh, he fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Lord, you're God, and I guess you can do it. And, and if you can do it, I'm excited to see it. It's going to be fun. Uh, and you know what? The walk of faith ultimately is fun. It is. It's exciting. 
It's fun. It, it, it provides life and hope and purpose in what it ultimately ends in God's best. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm.